This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of Well, good morning and welcome to the Doc and Guru podcast to all our listeners and welcome back to the Doc. He's just got back from uh, the UK, um, not in studio yet. He's still unpacking his suitcases, but uh, Doc, great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. It's, uh, it was a bit of an epic trip, but uh, a good one. Yeah, all good. And I mean, I think it's almost a podcast in itself and we'll pick it up at some stage, but uh Really, you you picked an incredibly interesting time to uh, to be in the UK. I mean, you saw the exchange of prime ministers. You've seen uh, kings and queens come and go. Um, you know, you've seen a lot. It's been an extraordinary week. What was yeah. it like being there? What was the the atmosphere? Yeah, like? uh, yeah, absolutely, Gordon. And I guess you know, even as a, as a non English person, as a as a tourist, you know, you kind of get swept up in the moment you know you get into the emotion of the country you know so as they went through the sadness of the passing of the queen you know to uh king charles to you know the prime minister or all the rest of it and i'll give you a practical example of that um my little god kid uh little godson Aiden, they'd moved to the UK about three months ago. And even he, in the short period of time that he was there, got so into this that, you know, we went twice to drop off flowers, uh, you know, at, at various places because he was not mourning the Queen, you know, but he was he was sensitive to the, the change and whatever it meant for him. So absolutely, from a, a little nine-year-old foreign kid who'd just been in the UK three months to, you know, people who are, are Brits through and through. So interesting time, Gordon. Yeah, and then that's before we get into, you know, the flip-flopping on the, on the tax and the new rules and the energy crisis. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of chaos going on, not just in the UK and the world, but certainly, you know, the time there 
was a, a very interesting one. Absolutely. Well, speaking of chaos, I hope you brought your own supply of water back from uh, the UK, Doc. We can't, uh, <laughs> you're not having any of my water, that's for sure. But uh, yeah. I, I believe things aren't uh, that great yet at the moment. So, yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah. back to interesting times, and we've got a really interesting guest, uh, someone I've known for, for a number of years, and, and we, we share a lot of joint passions, uh, not least of all education and upliftment in the industry. Uh, Sadika Fakir, uh, who's the Integrated Media and Digital Director uh, from Tiger Brands. Sadika, thanks for making the time. Really, uh, really great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute honor, and uh, it is immense, uh, immense excitement to be in the presence of the doc and the guru. Yeah, well, I mean, the doc, uh, as I say, he's uh, he's resting well, from his spell, you know, uh, with the corgis. How were the corgis, as a matter of interest? Doc? I mean, they behave themselves. Did you teach them any new tricks? Yeah, yeah you know, Gordon, I tried it. The two things that I wanted to try and avoid in this discussion is, did I attend an Arsenal game? And the answer is no. And... Uh, did I clean out the kennels of the corgis? No. Yeah, it occurred to me with the corgis that, you know, you didn't teach them to roll over while, uh, you know, the new prime minister was there, you know, um, because <laughs> maybe maybe the instructions yeah. got uh, confused because I can see that uh, she's the one who's rolling over and the corgis are, are you know, kind of holding the ground. <laughs> maybe maybe there was some confusion there. But Sadiqa, this is all about you, not about me and the doc today. So just tell us a little bit about your journey. I mean, it's been... It's an interesting one. You've, you've come out of that academic uh, kind of background into the financial institutions. You spent a lot of time there and now in hardcore FMCG. Just just talk to the listeners a little bit about that journey and how you've migrated through that process. Great. I think the first thing is I've always been passionate about advertising and media and you cannot get it out of my blood. So for the first half of my career, I've spent it in agency and I think it's fundamental for any technical specialist to spend enough time in agency environment to actually understand how the agency works. So that was the first half of my career and funny enough, I started in Comstrat and Research uh, at Huntless Scars back in Durban. So that was my foundation that that created this passion of there's a comms message but then how do you use the comms message from a channel perspective and that's where I started finding this love for for channel and channel strategy then uh, fast forward moving then into Johannesburg and uh, uh, focusing a lot more of my career into then the media agency space uh, working with some of the biggest groups in the world whether it be Group M or Omnicom uh, or Dentsu and then shaping my career there and the, the key critical experience there is when you're at an agency, you get to work multiple categories and you get to kind of find what you're interested in. Uh, I slowly and fast became actually the telco girl and the FinServe girl. And I never touched consumer goods. I was actually petrified of consumer goods because you see these nifty, super intelligent, very creative business unit heads leading these pieces of business. And I go, hmm. Uh, I think I, I quite like uh, this FinServe space. It's technical, but it's it's me. And, um, and I said to myself, uh, I think I'm going to spend the rest of my career in agency. I would never join corporate. Wow, I had to really swallow my words when NetBank came through. And I said, a bank, aren't banks boring because it's not the environment where I'm going to be creative and it's all about the leadership. I had to swallow my words. I've been blessed enough to work with some of the most amazing uh, CMOs, some of the mo most amazing divisional executives in group marketing and having a chat with my line manager at that point 
I said, I'm not going to change my agency ways. I like my agency ways. You're going to see me in my jeans. I'm very casual on one side. I'm not in corporate. Uh, I, I don't like corporate gear. And I really want to still feel this openness between media owner and myself and feel this openness between I can still work with agencies. And he goes, that's the very reason I'm bringing mm. you in. Mm. And to have embraced an agency person into corporate because uh, corporate, probably only 1% of agency folk land up on the client side. We knew that was the big aspiration. And then moving from NetBank and learning the fundamentals of how do you take a technical specialization that is generally agency focused, that's media and digital, and how do you start operating it in the corporate space? And now you have an agency team or agency teams now reporting into you. So that was a fundamental operational shift for me and a head change and, a, and I had to change who I was from agency girl as in operations, but not my personality and who I was and my culture, that was in fact embraced. Then moved to F&B, which is another interesting model. That was an in-house media model. So now no media agency at this point in time, and that was in the above the line space. The paid digital space had an agency, and that was a very interesting model where, and um, you had a complete team. So your strategists, your buyers, your uh, consumer insights all sitting in-house and you almost act like your little agency or consultancy within uh, the first rank group, servicing RMB, servicing F&B, servicing, at that point it was um, uh, Ashburton and uh, the rest of the group, which is also, um, it was, uh, I can't actually remember it, uh, uh, Dial Direct. Okay. No, no, not Dial Direct. <laughs> and I mean, it, what, it was a range of service correct. offerings, which, which is the whole R&B behind there, which is invisible correct, to, to a lot of that, us. Yeah, that was yeah. the name, Direct yeah. Access. Okay. I got the name. So, And ultimately, okay. you act as the group function doing the negotiations, doing what, what is best practice in media. Now, why did I go to F&B? It's ultimately I wanted to understand this in-house model. Mm. Mm. For me, my goal in media and digital and integrated marketing communications as a whole, understand all the models. Yeah. And then I said to myself, never consumer goods. You remember I was petrified of consumer goods. Yeah. And out came Tiger uh, with a very interesting role, which we'll unpack a, a little bit later, yeah. for integrated media and digital. And that's where I've been for, I've made two years, six months, whoop, whoop. Uh, two years, six months? Yeah, really? That, wow. that, okay. and, and, and I joined at COVID. So I had met my line manager for, for the interview. I saw her twice or three times in right. probably the year period. And I, and I started my new function, new organogram, new job specs, hired wow. people all virtually. Uh, and uh, knowing I have no consumer goods experience, and that was my first question mm. to my CMO, I don't have consumer goods experience. And she goes, exactly. Yeah. Take a different stance. Fresh, fresh look. Okay. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Doc, you, you, I mean, you know, you've uh, worked with media agencies. Are you a big fan of the media agency or the in-house sort of capability or, or sort of a hybrid? Yeah, we've done both, Gordon. Um, and, and they both work, you know, they, yeah. they're different, obviously. Um, and so, yeah, you know, the earlier years we had it in-house and then of in my last few years in corporate, it was an outsourced model using you know, um, the bigger media houses. So, yeah, you know, but again, I think, Sarika, thanks again for your time. Um, but the, the big thing, of course, Gordon, is irrespective of the model, it's about bringing in those different competencies. And I think what we're already hearing is about bringing in different people 
with a different mindset uh, and then blending it all together. And I think that's and the point was made earlier about leadership. So I, I, I'm less worried about the model and uh, more concerned or not concerned, but more interested, you know, in the leadership uh, synergistic effect that that comes through. Yeah, I think I think that's an interesting point. And I'm just Sadika, just a quick question there about the in-house. I mean, the, the traditional criticism of in-house is that if I'm an agency, I can push back because mm-hmm. you're paying me to push back. Mm-hmm. But if you're my boss and I'm pushing back, you know, do I have the same latitude to push back? And, and if I do, how, how do I go about articulating a conflict on a concept without sort of penalizing myself in terms of my employability? Mm-hmm two misconceptions on in-house. Firstly, exactly that, I can't push back. And second, in-house teams don't have a world view because you're compressed and you mm. isolated into a specific mm. group or a company. And I think I've debunked both. The first thing about pushing back, if you have a collaborative relationship with your stakeholders, be it a segment, be it a category, be it a brand, you work together to achieve a result. And I believe in-house teams are closer to the business because in some instances, you can't share some of that IP. You can't share what the upcoming product or new campaign Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. to your agency partners as yet. But being staff members of the first rank group or staff members of F&B, we were at the incept of each of the new Mm. campaigns or the product launches. So we could get our teeth stuck in into the business objective. The second thing is, we had direct relationships with all of the media owners. We had adequate media training, the, the Talmas of the world, the ad dynamics of the world. It was a fully fledged house. And how I led my team was to encourage curiosity and innovation, go out on those site inspections, meet our digital uh, media owners, uh, understand. So it was about a capability build and an attitude and a mindset. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. We were chatting in the warm-up uh, kind of session about how important content and context is. And we both share a concern that, you know, 85% of media planners that are working on TV campaigns today for December haven't seen the haven't seen the creative material. So, I mean, that closeness to the creative process, I, I would imagine, is, is a strength it's for an in-house operation. Yeah. It's fundamental. You can't talk integrated marketing communications or integrated channel strategy without media folk not getting involved in the creative message. Yeah. The, the the brilliant basics that uh, we speak about at Tiger is about understand what you want to say, how are you going to say it, and then how are you going to transmit that message onto what channel. So that fundamentally means communication or creative executions must be fit for channel. What goes onto a digital billboard outside William Nickel is fundamentally different to the TikTok content that your TikTok creators are creating. You can't just copy and paste. Now, I rely on my media agency want to understand the platform, understand then the benchmarks and the metrics, but then you can't stop there. What content is fit for purpose on a TikTok versus a TVC versus a radio ad versus a YouTube yeah, pre-roller? Yeah. So gone are the days, unfortunately, and I hate to be quite hard about it, where media folk can stop at the chase list. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Media folk, whether it be a planner, even a buyer, yeah. and a media strategist have to be at the table when creative is being reviewed and go, mm a 45-second ad. Yeah. And you think that's going to cut YouTube. Yeah. So it's a fundamental understanding now of comms, 
plus channel. I, and it's a return you know, back to the future because that's the way it was in the 70s. Didn't we work we like that? Went se- separate, uh, uh, separate routes. I mean, you used a phrase which, which I like, brilliant basics. Um, Doc and I have often spoken that, you know, there's, there's an obsession with thinking outside the box. And, and we've made an argument, we think, for sometimes mm. you recognize 90% of boxes are there for a reason. Be the best in the box. Is, is that the same as Brilliant Basics? I absolutely believe so. I do not think we are short on innovative ideas. Just go to the Cairns website, go and watch Cairns for the past 10 years, subscribe to the work. Yeah. And I believe, and I promise you, I hate again to sound funny, your ideas are not new. Yeah. You've taken the idea from another category and put it into mm. yours. Mm. There's no such thing as brand new ideas. Operational excellence through brilliant basics is critical. The, the, when the rubber hits the road in the media and the digital world and how well you execute, how well you target that audience and what is that user experience from TV into outdoor, into yeah. actually in-store, into conversion, into your CRM, mm. that is where the magic happens. So it's understanding and focusing what are the hygiene factors, what is your integrated campaign or communication process. Yeah. The process is the guardrail for immense creativity and collaboration. Yeah. Are you briefing your agencies together? The media agency, of course, has to be briefed at the same time as your digital agency, your PR agency, your below-the-line agency, and your comms mm. agency. So there's a unified thought, there's a discussion, there's robust alignment, and we're relying now, and again, back to back to basics, that the comms strat now matches the channel strat. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, and that all plays back to one of the, uh, the great sort of advertising adages of, you know, That's give it. me the freedom of a tight brief. Yes. Uh, Doc, you, you, you're a, I mean, a process guy, and I think, you know, and you, you're really good at, at creating processes, but you've also sort of indicated that same thing, that a, a, a well-structured process will give you freedom rather than restrict you. Well, it's, you're absolutely good, and it's about that open communication early on. And I think, mm. Sirika, it's what you're mentioning, you know, yes. is bringing everybody into that discussion Correct. right in the beginning. And it's not just then a creative-led piece of work, and then, by the way, media comes in later, and this is how much you're going to spend, and, and tell me how you're going to spend it, you know. But it's it's about that. And, I mean, again, you know, I don't always want to refer back to, you know, my time, but certainly what we did institute was a every Thursday uh, media uh, and a, a status meeting with creative so that we all Beautiful. sat together mm-hmm. and it was updated the whole time, you know, and that if there were tweaks and changes, and sometimes there were only minor changes, but at least everyone knew, uh, Gordon, so that it's not, you know, uh, a particular function comes in much later and then never feels part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Sonica, just a, just a quick question, and it, it's kind mm-hmm. of tickling me here, and I have to get it out, I'm afraid, into the open. Um, your title, I can't help noticing, is Integrated Media and Digital Director. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that something of a contradiction? Isn't that a little bit like taking you know, Biltong to a uh, vegan cocktail uh, party? Uh, what is in a name? I mean, if you're integrated, you're integrated. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the first thing is looking at the background of Tiger Brands. Yep. Uh, we had a visionary CMO, and um, uh, she was a, a absolutely amazing at what she did. And uh, there were two titles at Tiger. There was the media director, and there was the digital director. Yeah. Into the future of marketing, we know it's a digitized future. We know we have to put the consumer first. And ultimately, we understand that digital is but a channel of media 
Absolutely. So the first thing from an operational perspective to really articulate that we are combining two roles into one to drive integrated marketing communications, that's what born uh, the, the title Integrated Media and Digital Director. Now for the industry, there are still heads of media that only do above the line or traditional. And there's still heads of digital that only do digital media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the scariest thing. Yeah. So the reason we did this is to overtly show the industry, mm. come now, we are integrating everything. Integrate a channel director in the real world. What is that? Are you the branch manager? Are you, okay. managing, are you managing all the channels to market and so forth? And that's not me. Yeah. So we were very overt in this title to show this is the time that traditional is going to be integrated with non-traditional or online and offline together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why the word integrated is in the title. If this moves to integrated... A marketing communications director one day, absolutely, that, that's absolutely fine. But I think what the critical thing is, we are overtly telling the industry, it is the end yep. of your head of media above the line and the end of your uh, head of digital. Yep. It's not going to work. It's too siloed. Yeah. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. No, that, that actually makes sense to me now. So it's, a, it's an external signal rather than an internal Correct. reality. And plus, if I change my title, I wouldn't be sought on LinkedIn. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can't search me and you can't find me. <laughs> but I mean, this, it's interesting <laughs> to see how these structures have evolved. In, in, in your NetBank days, the structure there, I, I'm not sure if it was in place mm. then, but certainly it was a couple of years ago, was based on the, the POE model, paid, owned, earned. Absolutely. And which was a really interesting way of, 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 of yeah. structuring a department. So there was an, exactly what you're saying. There's an internal recognition Correct. of integration, mm -hmm. but an external structure Correct. Um, that facilitates that integration. Absolutely. I'm still obsessed on the bought, owned, earned ecosystem or paid, owned, earned. It's, it's yeah. the future. It's exactly now embracing all channels at our disposal, yeah. uh, at, at our disposal to move down the funnel. And that's what's critical uh, to achieve our digital and our media objectives. So that, that first is the first step or your, or your stepping stone mm. to driving mm. integrated marketing communications. The, the, other, uh, the other embracing is not just embracing the online and the offline world like we briefly chatted prior, it's now channel embracing creative. Yeah. And that's if you want to drive an integrated marketing communications department, it's now not just about the channel, it's about the comms message going in, but the consumer always at the center of everything yeah. that you're doing driven by insight. Yeah. And, and, and again, we, we were chatting offline, I won't sort of go into the detail mm. because you shared a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, so your uh, television buying is, is very, very sound in terms mm -hmm. of procurement. But what you've done is you've built in those strategic parameters into the hardline procurement. So, you know, if, mm -hmm. if a brand or a piece of content requires a family environment, mm -hmm. that is Absolutely. a filter that goes on before the procurement, mm -hmm. before the number crunching. Absolutely. So there are media guidelines in place. Yeah. Um, just to add that my agency team replicates my team on yes. the corporate side. So they are driving, we look at, uh, and uh, they laugh at me, you're looking for a unicorn, Sadika, we're looking for integrated channel strategists or hybrid strategists as the agencies uh, call it, which means you will write channel strategy for digital and traditional in one strategy, yeah. it's one channel. Let's not be intimidated, guys. And I think too many, unfortunately, and unfortunately the digital folk do tend to use a lot of jargon, a lot of technicality, it is a mere channel. Yeah. And we need to just get within ourselves and not make it so complex. Yeah. 
Um, how we procure, absolutely, it's a procurement process on one side, but it's alignment with the agency and looking at our objectives and then setting what we call media guidelines, as in the environments we'll play in, the process if we have any issues, um, and also within media guidelines, the benchmarks in category. Yeah. So are we going to achieve our benchmarks again category? Are we uh, looking to defend? Are we looking to absolutely yeah. uh, compete? Yeah. And setting those benchmarks, but then partnering with the media owner. It's not telling the media owner you will. These are our parameters. These are objectives. How do you think we could create a model or an operating model or looking at something that we can, pro how do we procure media to achieve our objectives, but also as you, Mr. Media Owner, how do yeah, you achieve yeah, your objectives yeah, as well yeah. commercially? And, and it's nice because you're opening up the lens. You're giving them a, a chance to contribute at a strategic and yes. creative level as well, not just here's my audience, here's my price, here's the Correct. The discounted outcome, yeah, okay. Great. Just coming, bringing it back to, and 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 just on that point, I mean, this is very refreshing because I had the pleasure of working on McDonald's for for mm -hmm. many many years, and I was always impressed by the application of the Golden Arches Code. Mm -hmm. So there's an underlying yes. code of of best practice, which includes you know kind of sound moral and social mm -hmm. kind of norms, um, right. which which is really great yes. because it frees you then from uh, you know the bottom line hard procurement mm -hmm. outcomes. But coming back to the the POE, the, the earned component of it. I mean, mm. Tiger Brands has had a tough couple of years uh, in terms of, of poor pu publicity from listeriosis through a whole bunch of, of uh, other issues. Um, how do you go about sort of playing the earned component? How do you go about rebuild or using media to rebuild mm. that, that consumer interface and the mm. trust? In, uh, in my time at Tiger, I have experienced two recalls and two mega recalls across two categories. And the first thing is about first collaboration internally. When, uh, when we have identified the need for a recall, you pull a project team together and really project teams of technical specialization. One of the first things you start doing is laying down your social listening and your media monitoring. Okay. What is the external environment saying? And that's the, the basics of earned media, ensuring that you have a social listening tool and ensuring that your PR team or your corporate affairs team is already monitoring and setting these queries to, to trigger what the outside world is actually saying about the specific yeah. recall or the PR dilemma you find yourself in. The second thing is, it's not just about the uh, the channels that you go on and watching and responding. It's about having a Q&A, a very, very rational Q&A when a consumer does ask about a recalled product. What is the simple terms or sim simply what they need to do? So your comms message needs to be very simple and can articulate very well whether it's in an interview space or whether you are taking the communications above the line or below the line or in store. Mm. So the message must be very clear for the consumer because the consumer is at the heart of all of these uh, these media dilemmas or recalls or whatever the case is. The other attribute of uh, uh, a, a, a PR recall or uh, something that's negative is how do you make it positive? So as you're monitoring the sentiment, what is the next phase? So within our recall, whilst we were alerting consumers on what to do, bring back your product for a refund, mm -hmm. communicating to them in store, communicating them uh, to them on the channels that they consume, uh, in the case of the recalls, radio was the fastest because we could convert to vernacular very quickly yep. in 24 hours and digital ultimately because we could target them on social channels. We knew that our consumers were there and we knew that the word would spread really quickly on social media. Then it's to start building positive sentiment. 
you love this brand, you've supported this brand, we thank you for supporting this brand, but what's the next after this brand? So you've always got to take that foot for future and have comms ready that is more positive, that is more driving to the brand equity and the salience. But our key thing and our key objective is protect the brand reputation at all costs and protect our consumer at all costs. So, I mean, there's so so many interesting points that you've raised in there. Um, I particularly enjoy the fact that you're recognizing in-store as a legitimate response uh, or Mm -hmm. a platform for media response. I mean, you know, how do you address the issue of shrinkflation, which a lot of people are getting the knickers and the twist about? In-store has got to be a good place to to address that. Correct. Um, Doc, you know, just uh, have you, I mean, you've had a long kind of, involvement with uh, amongst others cell c how did you guys go about your social listening and just monitoring the the tone of of the consumer interface yeah similar to that gordon you know we had a, a range of, of different tools and and try to respond you know two things quickly and and honestly and accurately now it doesn't always, you know, what you put out is not always received in the same way. So certainly, you know, I don't want to go into the absolute specifics of the particular cases, but I mean, some of them are are probably still online and, and probably still quite well known. Uh, so we've had our fair share uh, of, of backlash mm-hmm. uh, from from consumers. And so some of it handled better than others. But again, a mixture of your traditional uh, sort of PR type stuff, but then largely fed through digital in real time. Uh, and and Sidika, you made the point of of the NAC radio, yes. also a channel that we used a lot of, you know, because it's it's understood. Get your message across. All the rest of it. So yeah, Gordon. But um, again, you know, what you hope you can just uh, solve in a day or two. Sometimes it lingers, you know, and yep. uh, and it takes a bit longer to sort out. Yeah, indeed. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's the nature of all relationships, isn't it? I mean, you're mm-hmm. having an argument with your wife. Uh, you know, you don't fix it on day one. It lingers a, a wee, but you've got to work at it. Um, just, you know, coming back to uh, the issue that you raised there, which I find very refreshing, uh, that technology is the enabler. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to uh, a mags on media breakfast. Jeremy mm-hmm. is read, uh, sort of uh, mm-hmm. jigging, regenerating his his live breakfast, which which are really a great contribution yes. to the to the industry narrative. Um, and the the title of the of the discussion was, you know, does tech terrify clients? Mm-hmm. And the answer was only if you let it, because if tech just becomes an enabler, and, and that's what you were describing, yes. then, then it's not something to be afraid of. It needs to be an it's enabler. It's not the big idea itself. No, let the machine do what the machine does. You yeah. cannot have a community manager uh, going through all of your comments and responding to uh, and picking up sentiment. How would you do it without the AI or without the robot? Yes. Picking up, uh, disseminating the information and showing you key trends. From the trends, that's where the human comes in. I'm picking up this insight. Oh, I'm picking up a negative sentiment in Gauteng versus a neutral sentiment Mm. in Cape Town. For example, what do we need to do in Gauteng? Do we geo-target at this point? So at this point, the machine is the enabler. Our tech tools, and this is where the future of media and digital is headed, it's about uh, tech stacks. It's about yeah. MarTech. Yeah. It's ultimately, do you have the right social listening tool? Are you community managing on one tool? Are you consolidating? Uh, are you responding on time? 
tools enable that? Yeah. And then moving into CRM and loyalty systems, how could you with how could you do it or facilitate it to enable it without yeah. the tool? And then moving into this this hyper personalized environment where a brand now knows that Gordon has bought uh, Black Cat, but why hasn't Gordon bought uh, Albany? Mm. Uh, and let's give you a deal to actually buy that Albany bread in your basket. Yeah. Moving into that hyper personalization, you ultimately need a Martech stack to assist you and then to drive the leads into conversion. Yeah. So, I mean, just as we sort of head into to wrap up stage, to pick up on that thought, because it's something that, again, I know that you and I share a, a common perspective mm-hmm. on that. There, there's, a, there's a very negative kind of climate which is being created that all of this autom- automation, the AI is going to replace people. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the case. It's going to shape the, the nature of our jobs very very differently and if anything with a better benefit a bit of benefit we're going to move upstream we're going to let the machine do as you said what the machine does and we can get to do the thinking again so my question is this uh, and i know you have uh, had a long involvement as of i in in training uh, and skills development in the industry the mac charter the third iteration has been nominally constituted do you think we're doing enough as an industry to prepare people um, for this new role where we, we can be more strategic with massive amounts of data? And, and you know, do you see the MAC Charter playing a role uh, in that kind of upliftment? It will. It's going to take some time. I think the first thing, it's about, it's about upliftment and transformation. Yeah. And it's something we all actively need to do. It's, it's not just their problem or it's the media owner's problem or the agency's problem or the corporate's problem. We need to work together to transforming the industry as a whole. The, the first thing is, are we actively supporting smaller media owners, for example? And then are we actively, the new media owners that come in, are we assisting them with skills development and capability training? How do you put a media owner proposal together? You have to show a picture, for example, to, and we see this commonly in the out-of-home media space and the community radio say, uh, space. How do you put this together? How do you build a story or a narrative to sell or commercialize your property and platform? And that's something I believe I'm, I'm exceptionally passionate about to ensure that we're assisting and enabling smaller media players. Then from the from the business or the corporate side, most blue chip organizations have supply development chains, uh, enterprise development, where they're supporting the smaller and transformational companies. Mm. And that's something that we as Tiger are always looking at. How do we bring in a smaller supplier, work with them, give them a pilot, give them a chance. You also don't want to throw a smaller supplier into the deep end to go, here, here are 35 brands, go. Yeah. You are setting them up for failure. Yeah. So it's how do we build the capability? How do we start transformation together, take responsibility and take a chance? Yeah. Use the smaller media owner from across the road and try a billboard from yeah. there. So it's a matter of walking and weaning the journey. So I think the Mac Charter uh, was a wake-up call. And it's going to be a wake-up call for many. Uh, And uh, also want to state that you can't just go onto channels just for transformation and to for BE and to help. You have to choose a channel selection that makes business sense and consumer sense. If SABC makes consumer sense, then so be it. If on-demand makes consumer sense, then so be it. You've got to do what's right for the consumer and the business as well. So, I mean, and I think to that point, you know, your earlier comments, if you're opening the lens on on a strategic interface, which would include, you know, geo-segmented targeting, you're allowing the smaller players to to engage with you. If it's all about a big national footprint, then the big audience with with the lowest price is going to win. So strategy uh, 
enables you to interface as a, with a smaller media owner. That's it. And we let the data show us that. We look yeah. at affinity. We look at index. And then we start playing in those little nodes or those little regions, yep. moving to that single view of consumer. And I get you into hyper-personalization. Yeah. Doc, your final comments from the, uh, the Corgi Trainer Corner? Uh, Sarika, <laughs> just before we go off, uh, and I mean, you know, obviously it's been such a fascinating chat, and thanks for your insights. Just on a personal note, and, and I found this quite intriguing, uh, you were telling me earlier uh, in the lead up that one of your passions outside of media and business uh, is Indian food styling and positioning. Let's just close off with a bit of a human touch in terms of, of what is that all about? Thank you. Absolutely. So I wanted to be a chef. Uh, and coming from an Indian background, if you didn't follow commerce, uh, my grades weren't good enough for engineering or medicine. Uh, so I opted for what some people call the stupid girls BCom, the BCom in marketing <laughs> management, uh, because I couldn't do accounting. And although my dad was an accountant, uh, we I wanted to become a chef. And I said that food, you're going to be my present, my past and my future. And ultimately, what I saw growing up is there's such a misunderstanding of Indian food in the continent, in the world, actually. Uh, there's a perception in South Africa that all we are uh, in Indian food is a bunny chow or a samosa, and that is not the case. There are, in fact, more than 1,000 curries. Uh, India mm. has more than 21 states, which fundamentally means multiple villages, multiple cities, mm. and the cuisine changes by city and by state. My husband's Gujarati, I'm Punjabi, which fundamentally means we sit in the north of India, so we specialize in North Indian cuisine. And our biggest shift is how do you disrupt this? How do you get people wanting to try some level of exotic food? And and our biggest platform for food is how do you bring people together to try new things, create memories, and really just use the food as a space to have a conversation. Food brings people together. And we believe in an Indian in an Indian household, you just put the pot, you hoid it on the dining room table. It was never plated. It's all about comfort eating and feasting and creating these memories. And that's something that we're very passionate about. We're self-taught photographers, self-taught content creators, uh, self-taught uh, home cooks. And we do all the styling. We do all of the photography because we really want you to see us in, in the content that we create. Well, that's fascinating, Doc. I mean, you know, I'm still struggling with uh, toasted sami, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see your first uh, TikTok uh, contribution in terms of North Indian cuisine, Doc. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a challenge. That. Butter chicken, Doc. It's, butter chicken. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not easy. It's a lot easier for me to go to the place up the road and, and order what we always order which is a little bit boring so you know as my wife phones in yeah, I hear Gordon this is a true story I hear that one part of the conversation so she phones in and she's just through the first bit and she says oh, oh, oh you've, you've got it and the lady says it's always the same so yeah we have got so, it so Sadika we very boring eaters but we do enjoy uh, a different curry and it's not bunny chance and we says oh, you'll be pleased to know well done well done <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, growing up in Durban for me, I'm afraid I, 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 I cut same. my teeth on bunny chows. Yes, and, you did. Uh, and there's nothing. It's an extraordinary thing, Doc. Bunny chows improve and peak in terms of their culinary contribution at about 
in my experience, about half past one on a Saturday night the uh, in the morning. The That's best. when they really, I don't know what it is. It's obviously a, a preparation thing, uh, but that's when, that's when bunny chows and, peak. And if you haven't tried the Johnny's bunny chow from Durban at five bucks and you don't know what you're eating in there, but hey, at one in the morning, who cares? There we go. So we're going to put a pin, we're going to, we're going to put a pin on that one. But Sonica, thanks so much for, for that. It's been a really rich uh, discussion. I've really enjoyed it. Doc, welcome back. And uh, hopefully we'll see you uh Next week, uh, in studio, um, back in uh, in the driving seat here in South Africa. And Sadika, thanks. Uh, a final word from you. Maybe just some kind of word of encouragement to young people and media out there. I think the critical thing is there will always be a need for media and integrated channel strategy. Follow your passion and where your passion meets your profession, that is where the magic happens. So if you're passionate about brand and brand building, take a knock into media but the critical thing is let your creativity shine through in everything you do i can't put it better than that let your creativity shine through in everything you do thanks to the listeners for joining us thanks Sardika, for being here doc welcome back and we'll see you next week let's keep talking ciao for now and so that was another episode of the doc and the guru Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.